Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So thrilled to be sharing the Word of God with you this morning. Been a fantastic series and I know I myself have learned so much. You know, I believe this. I believe it doesn't matter how long you're a Christian. There is always a potential to learn new things from God's Word because God's Word is eternal and it is powerful. And last week, Alex shared an amazing message on the gift of of faith and it was a very very powerful message if you weren't here i do encourage you to get the podcast because it was a wonderful message and and alex introduced the the first of the gifts of what's called the gifts of demonstration of the holy spirit there are different types of gifts and this morning we're going to be looking at the gifts of healings and it's interesting it's plural in there it's not the only plural in the gift of the spirit but i think that does start to give us a hint awesome insights and the gift of healing is such an enormous topic and there's so much you know if we we sat together and listened to you and each person this morning and and the different revelations that you've received from heaven about healing there would be so much to say so we're just going to pray this morning that what the lord brings today is what he wants to say amen let's pray holy spirit we thank you for your presence lord we just surrender to you now lord Lord, we pray for the spirit of revelation to flow in this place, Lord. Lord, that for each person that's here, Lord, you have something unique and divine to say to them, Lord. Lord, you want us all to be healed. You want us all to be whole, Lord. Jesus, that's why you gave your life. So today, Lord, Lord, as we share about this topic of healing, may it be you who speaks today, Lord. May they be your words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. There is so much. And as we unpack the gifts of healing, we find that there's a very consistent message that we've been hearing from week to week about the different gifts of the Spirit. And the gifts of healing is no different. And as Alex shared last week, there's a difference between saving grace, which is for all believers, and the gift of faith, which some believers operate in and it's the same with the gift of healing so before we look at the gift of healing this morning we're actually going to understand what it is that healing means very very understand very important that we understand that this morning what is healing because there are many sources of healing out there i mean the first one that we've got is our own bodies you know if we break a bone if we make a cut in our skin our human bodies have the ability through our immune system and the lymphatic system to heal themselves and we know that god designed us he created us that way with this incredible immune system when i look at that and how the white blood cells are made in the bone marrow and then that goes through the body to bring healing and to regenerate cells that is a miracle in itself the healing nature of god is expressed in our natural bodies And we need to support our immune system in very practical ways, like having rest, like having a healthy diet, and like having exercise. Now, I know we don't like to hear things like that when we come to church, but it's true. We need to support our physical body. There's no point abusing our body and then expecting God to miraculously heal us. That's irresponsible. So we need to look after our bodies, which is the temple of His Spirit. Amen? The second area that we can see in the world today with healing is in medical science. Now, I wanted to touch on this this morning because I think it's very important to bring a balance because I've seen some pretty wacky doctrines over the years with people who think that the doctor is the devil. 
The doctor is not the devil. The doctor is this awesome person who's got all this experience and knowledge and has the ability to make decisions based on the facts. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I believe God uses doctors powerfully. Our daughter was born with a spinal abnormality and God has used doctor after doctor to help us and bring us the right medical advice at the right time. Now, I'm believing and Ian's believing and Rochelle's believing and James is believing for miracles in Rochelle's body, but it doesn't mean that because we're believing for miracles that we don't follow medical advice. That's the wisdom of God. So that's the second area. Then there are some people who... Um, believe in natural alternatives, things like herbal remedies, homeopathy and naturopathy. And I'm not going to express any opinions on that this morning as long as they're not spiritual. Each person can work that out with God of whether that's right or not for you. But that's the third area that we hear about healing. Then there's a fourth area where there's healing and it's called faith healing. And there's healing through aura and healings through um, crystals, healings through pyramids and magic and reiki and spells and they come under the banner of faith healers but as christians we believe that that is not healing from god and that is not healing that we should be turning to as believers because that is turning to alternate spiritual healing other than the holy spirit and in fact if we turn to those things we can actually open up our lives to all sorts of demonic powers and occultish practices that will actually bind us up. And what we found is if you hear the testimonies of people who've turned to things like that for healing, they find out that their healing's temporary and later on they have more problems. Now, if you've been through any of that in your life, we would love to pray for you at the end of the service and see some of those strongholds broken from your life. So fifthly, so we don't believe in faith healing. We believe in divine healing that is appropriated by faith. So the fifth area of healing, which is what we're going to be focusing on this morning, is divine healing. Divine healing. Healing directly from God himself without known intermediate means. When our daughter was born, we were told that it was medically impossible for the nerves to form that were missing in her spine. But we believe in divine healing that there is an almighty creative God who has creative power, who has the ability to bring those things into being that are not there. That is divine healing. So the first basis we're going to be looking at this morning, we're going to be looking at what are the biblical basises, basises if that's a word, anyway, I'll make it one. What is the biblical basis that we put our faith in for believing in divine healing? In Exodus 15, verse 26, it says, For I am the Lord who heals you. So the first basis we see is that God revealed nature as our healer. And we see right throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament that God's very nature is that he is our healer. In fact, in that passage of Scripture, his name is Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord who heals you. And there are many examples of divine healing in the Old Testament. For the sake of time, we're not going to go through those examples this morning. My notes will be available. Who's part of a connect group in our church? Aren't they awesome? You know, we're looking for more and more connect groups. Our biggest problem as a church at the moment, we don't have enough connect groups. You know, we've got new people joining the church, wanting to join. So if you're interested in 
running a connect group, come and talk to a leader after the service. But these notes will be available for all connect groups, for anyone who wants to delve into this stuff and go a bit deeper in God. Amen? That resource will be available for you. And there are many examples you can see unpacking it. There are also many Hebrew words that refer to healing. And for the sake of time, we're just going to summarize the meaning this morning. And if we look at healing in the Old Testament, it means healing, restoration, and cure. That's what the word healing means in the Old Testament. And we see that as we move into the New Testament, that Jesus himself was God, our healer, given to us. And that the mandate of Jesus was to preach, teach, heal, and deliver. And that Jesus signaled his purpose by healing many, many during his lifetime. So if you've got your Bibles here this morning, we're going to be turning to a few passages of Scripture today and really honing in on what it is. And, you know, as we look, as I was reading through the Old Testament passage of Scripture, I could see a pattern starting to emerge. And, and we can see in Psalm 147 verse 3 that God heals the brokenhearted. And there was lots of references to body, soul, and spirit. So God, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, wants to make us whole, body, soul, and spirit. And as we see Jesus, we're going to be turning to Matthew 9, verse 35. We can see in Jesus' ministry, he continued that and he expanded that to make it something even greater still. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Matthew 8 verse 16 and 17 says, That evening many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command and healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said, He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. So through Jesus, we can see that, you know, there were these isolated events of healing in the Old Testament, but through Jesus, we can see it says He healed all the sick that came to Him. There was an expansion, you know, with the authority that Jesus had walk on the earth as the Son of God. He had power that used to go from Him and heal people. That word there for healing and for healed comes from therapeu, who, something or other like that, which means to serve, to serve. Wow, this is a new idea, New Testament idea compared to the definition of healing in the Old Testament. To serve, which is who Jesus was, who He is. To cure, I care for, I attend, I serve, I heal, I treat, especially of a physician, hence I heal. So we can see that when Jesus healed, it was more than just an event. It was more than just a a fix in someone's health. It was to serve them. It was to care for them. It was to heal them, body, soul, and spirit. And as we see as we move through the scriptures this morning, Acts 10 verse 38 says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God 
was with him. Moving into Luke 6 verse 19, and the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and healed them all. You see, Jesus had this incredible power. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. Do you know that that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you? If you were born again, we need to walk in that power. We need to understand what it is to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. We are anointed with the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. That word in those two passages of Scripture is Iaumai, which means to heal. I heal generally of the physical, but sometimes of spiritual disease. And as we see, as Jesus went around in his ministry, he healed and he delivered. So we see that it's more than just a physical healing. There are things within our lives that are spiritually sick. There are things within our soul which are sick. And sometimes there is a connection between body, soul, and spirit. And we see that in Jesus' ministry. You know, there's the story, the time that he said, your sins are forgiven you. That man was sick in his soul and in his heart and in his spirit because of the sin in his life. But as his sins were forgiven, his body was set free also. I've had a little bit of experience in prayer ministry and I can see that often people have physical conditions because they haven't forgiven somebody in their life. They have bitterness dwelling within them and that bitterness and unforgiveness actually causes physical problems in their body. Not that all physical problems are, but the Bible does tell us that there's this wholeness God's desires for us that is a wholeness that is body, soul and spirit. And that is the kind of healing that Jesus walked in as he walked in the earth. Sometimes we have what's called iniquities that are passed down from generation to generation and they can bring about sickness and illness. They can bring about mental illness, all kinds of sickness. But Jesus wants us to be free from those things. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be free today. You see, there's a pattern emerging which paints a very clear picture of biblical divine healing, God's restoration in us through his Holy Spirit. He wants us to be whole in our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. When I was pregnant with our daughter, I remember when we found out that there was a spinal abnormality there, lots and lots of prayer went into that little girl and and one of those times I was praying with Ian's mum, Valerie, and, and we were sitting and we started interceding. Now what's intercession? It's when you get into that place of really seeking God in prayer and getting into very deep prayer and just really seeking the Holy Spirit. What do, what do you want me to pray, Holy Spirit? It's a very powerful time. We had a very powerful time of intercession. And the presence of God was so strong. I've never experienced it before or after like it. It was so strong in that room that I felt I was going to lift off the the lounge at Will Weightless and Anne's mum felt the same way and she's this awesome Anglican woman you know so she doesn't get into all of the airy fairy stuff you know she's very very solid in a prayer life and um, amazing amazing woman of faith and what the Lord showed us that day that there was a generational iniquity that had passed down through the female line where there there had been health problems for every girl that had been born in every generation on different 
levels. So we prayed and we broke that iniquity because we know that Jesus has given us all authority over the power of the enemy. And we have that authority. And we had such a peace and there was such a presence of God that I was absolutely convinced that Rochelle was healed there and then. Okay, Lord, that was the reason. That's why there was a problem with the spine. Well, now, Lord, she's going to be healed. I was absolutely positive that that's what had taken place. I just want to encourage you this morning, whether or not you believe you've got the, the gift of healing and you walk in that, all believers can pray for healing. Our God is a God who wants to heal. That is who He is. It's who Jesus is. Every believer can pray for divine healing. You don't have to have a special gift. That's the first basis for our biblical basis is that it is the nature of God, who God is. The second basis is Jesus' atoning work on the cross. Disease and death were never part of God's original intention. They came in with sin. Sickness and disease came in in the fall where the human race decided that they were going to rebel against God and disobey God. At that point, that's when death came to earth. That's when sin was birthed. And as a result of sin, the curse came. And that part of that curse was sickness and death. But the primary reason Jesus died was to deal with sin and its consequences, including sickness, once and for all. And we see in Isaiah 53 verse 5, it says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. So we're just going to stop there for a minute because I think it's important to understand the levels that Jesus has set us free. He was pierced for our transgressions. That's the sins that we've done. That's the mistakes we've made. That's the rebellion in our own lives that brings a curse. He was crushed for our iniquities. The iniquities are the things of our forefathers and the generations above us who have sinned and who have done things and allowed things in that have brought down curses over the generations. Jesus has set us free from both of those things. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. One of the most powerful scriptures, isn't it? A lot of us are very familiar with that because we stand on that promise that by the stripes of Jesus, what he endured, all the pain that he went through so that we could be whole, body, soul, and spirit. Jesus defeated death and disease by taking them on himself and carrying him with them to the grave. God's judgment on the sin that brought disease was endured by Jesus when he suffered and died. And Jesus' atoning work on the cross deals with all of sin's ramifications, including its effect on the body, not just the spirit. And you see, when we were on this journey with our baby, I was absolutely convinced, you know, we'd broken that, that curse from the generations that had, had brought that abnormality to pass and we had such a peace I was so in faith in God that he could heal her and that he had healed her that when I went to the next ultrasound I was expecting to see on the screen all the spine there I had no doubt I was absolutely at peace in God and when that ultrasound played up on the screen and I saw that there was still part of her spine missing I really did plummet into a whole sea of doubt because we're often taught as Christians that it's our faith 
that makes this world. But I just want to encourage you this morning. We don't believe in faith healing. We believe in divine healing. And divine healing comes from the will of God. And who knows the will of God is sovereign and the will of God is in His timing, in His way. It's not our way and it's not our time. We wish that it was. We wish that God would answer our prayers the way we want when we want them. But He's God and He doesn't do that because God has an eternal perspective. And I remember just feeling so broken after that ultrasound and standing in the shower one day. And I, cry, I cried out day and night. We both, we both did. Heal our girl, Lord. Heal our girl. You know, as a parent, you would give anything, anything to see your child made whole. Anything. Heal our girl. But I remember getting that revelation standing there as I cried under the shower. Not my will, Lord. Yours be done. And I'm going to trust in your divine purpose and your sovereignty, no matter what happens, I'm going to trust in you because you are God. And if you have allowed this to happen, then I trust your reason that it has happened. And I'm going to walk in faith anyway. And even if you never, ever heal our girl, I'm going to love you and I'm going to serve you and I'm going to praise you for all of my days because you are God. Let's just turn to Romans 8, verse 18 to 28. I believe there are some people here this morning that the Lord wants to encourage you in your faith walk. You know, maybe there's some miracles you've been believing God for. I want to encourage you, keep believing. Keep believing for those miracles. Don't ever give up on believing for healing. You see, the, the, the sickness, the illness and death does not come from God. Those things are not from God. We should never accept those things as being from God. They are not. They're part of the world we live in because of the, the consequences of sin. But we know that having done all, we stand and the wonderful thing is, is that the atoning work that Jesus did on the cross lasts for all eternity. It's not just for our life here on earth. God has a bigger picture in mind. Let's start to unpack that idea. Romans 8, verse 18 to 28. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to this present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. I'm just going to stop right there. We have the Holy Spirit here as a foretaste for future glory. The miracles that we see, the outpouring of His Spirit that we see, the things that we see happening in this life are just a taste of eternity. They are just a, a, a something to give us that hope to know that God is real, that He has a plan for our lives. And that plan doesn't just exist for this earth, but for the age to come. This is just our entry point into eternity. We are living in eternity right now. We believe is also, verse 23, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us 
as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. But if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. This is the best part. And the Holy Spirit helps in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. I remember one day holding our little baby girl in my arms and, and you know, we had a lot of grief to work through. Those, those first few years were, were tough in many, many ways and especially when she was first born. I remember holding this tiny little innocent baby in my arms and just sobbing, just crying. I, I could fix you, darling. I'd, what I would do, honey, to see you whole. And I could see the arms of Father God around us and I could feel his tears and I can feel his heartbreaking too because we think sometimes that when we go through hard times, God doesn't feel our pain. God feels our pain. God loves us more than we can ever possibly humanly understand. But he also loves so many other people on this planet. And it's through these trials and it's through the pain that God fashions within us something eternal that we can minister to others through our pain, through what we've walked through to bring hope to a dying world. Because our prayer is often, save me, God. Save my children, God. Fix my circumstances. Fix me for what I'm going through. But God's heart, I want to save the world. It's my heart that not one would perish. And I know this in my life. That what God has done through pain and through suffering, He has healed me in a way that is far beyond anything I would have experienced had we not gone through that. And He brings with that an incredible eternal work. And His work is not only for this world, but the new world and the age to come. And His atonement extends to all eternity. So as we were praying for Rochelle, I used to speak life over her. We come into the agreement with these words. I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes Rochelle is healed. I thank you, Lord, that when she was in the womb, her frame was not hidden from you. All the days ordained for her were written in your book before one of them came to be. And we started speaking life over her. So the third basis this morning as we begin to conclude is that our biblical basis for divine healing is through the Spirit's empowerment. And that divine healing is a miraculous event of physical, emotional, mental or spiritual restoration to wholeness that has come directly from God independent of any medical or external remedy. And at the age of 22 months after speaking life over our daughter, she started to walk. And the orthopedic surgeon, she had to walk in front of six of them and they said, we are very, very surprised by her progress. Divine healing, see, without any med medical intervention. 
How do we minister God's divine healing? We're just going to quickly go through these this morning. Through the manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12 verse 9, the word iama, it's only ever used in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which means a healing, a curing, or a remedy. So we can see that there are some people who have this special gift of healing to be able to see these miraculous events take place in many people's lives. There's just this unction, there's this gift, and you know, often they minister as healing evangelists where they travel around. It's like those that have the gift of evangelism. They might be a full-time evangelist, but it doesn't mean we're not all called to evangelize. It's like those who have the gift of faith, but we're all called to have faith. There are those who have the gift of wisdom, but we're still all called to be in wisdom. So the gift of healing is someone who has this ability to minister this divine healing to lots of different people. And I believe that the gifts of healing is... Pl- pu- I'm going well this morning with my words, aren't I? It's plural because there are many areas of healing and there's diversity in the way that people are healed. Some people are healed instantly. Some people are healed over time. I don't think that we should ever try and box God because God is God. And we let him move in our lives as he wills. The second way we can see that Jesus healed with a word of authority. We can see he healed the 10 lepers with a word of authority. The insane man with a word of authority. The paralytic lowered in front of him. It was all with a word of authority. And for us, so with Rochelle, what we used to do before she could walk is we had a two-story house. I used to walk up and down the stairs holding her hands. Her legs would be buckling and falling out from beneath her. And I used to say with tears rolling down my cheeks, look at those strong legs. Those feet will take you anywhere. And you know, she never believed any different. She, one day when she was two, she said, look at my strong legs. My feet will take me anywhere. And I think it's important with healing that we don't ever personify the condition and make it part of our identity. We have never, ever said that Rochelle has a disability. We never, ever call it her disability. We never say it's her sacral agenesis. We say the disability. We keep it past tense. We say she was born with a disability. We speak life over her. We might say you've got special needs, darling, but everybody has special needs. Look at all mummy's special needs. I've got lots of special needs with lots of special care. You see, as we call into being those things that are not as though they are, the word that we speak out has authority. Did I believe that she was going to walk? I didn't know. I didn't know whether she would walk or not. It wasn't through my faith. But as we come into agreement with God's word, as we speak it out, the word has life. The word has power. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as we speak the Bible out loud, those words have power and they bring healing and they bring faith to our hearts which which struggle to believe. The third area is the sudden and sovereign and providential hand of God. We see the woman that was um, cured instantly through her faith when she touched Jesus' robe from the fountain of blood. We see the daughter of the Canaanite woman instantly delivered from a demon in Matthew 15, 22. And we see the man who was born blind, who was set free in John 9, verse 1 to 41, because God is sovereign and he heals with a purpose. The fourth area we can see today that we can minister healing is by the anointing of oil. In James 5, verse 14, it says, Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. So in any given time, if anyone is sick, we can all come 
and receive prayer in the house of God with the elders of the church, with the anointing of oil. We've seen lots of healings that way. It's very powerful. And the last area is through the laying on of hands. In Mark verse six, chapter 16, verse 17 to 18, it says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands, and they, if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. And we see that Peter's mother-in-law was healed from a fever in Mark 1.30, and the crippled beggar at the temple gate by the disciples in Acts 3, verse 1 to 10. That kind of healing, to pray for people to be healed, is available to all believers. All believers can lay hands on each other and pray for healing, pray for divine healing. And if you don't know if you've got the gifts of healings or not, step out in these ways. Start to pray for people. Start to believe what God can do. And as we ask him, he answers us and he moves powerfully in our lives. And I remember speaking that every, when Rochelle was a baby, every day I'd do physiotherapy on her legs six times every day. And every time I did those physiotherapies, I would, physiotherapies, that's a good word, isn't it? I would pray and um, the Lord gave, I'd read Hebrews many times, the Lord gave me one verse that spoke just for our daughter. He said, strengthen the feeble needs and the hands that hang down, that that which is lame will not be disabled, but would rather be healed. And I used to speak the word of God over here six times every day. Not always that verse, but I would speak that, that that which is lame will not be disabled, but would rather be healed. And you know what? This morning we have a reason to celebrate because she wore her first pair of thongs to church ever. <laughs> She's getting stronger. And um, if you're going to wear thongs, they may as well have minions on them. They might as well be minion thongs. They are awesome. Love to um, ask the worship team to come as we conclude this morning. How do you know if you have the gifts of healings and how do you op operate in this? Well, I think if we were to summarize everything we talked about this morning, it comes down to three things. The first thing is we need to step out in faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. All the gifts of the Holy Spirit require faith. We're believing in a God we can't see. We need faith to step out, take that chance to pray, pray for healing and see what God does. We can also all speak we speak his word. We can speak his word into existence as we speak his word. That is the authority Jesus has given us in the spirit to bring healing as we speak his word. And the third area is that we can all trust in the sovereignty of God. That no matter what happens, we do everything. We believe in Ephesians 6, it says, having done all, we stand. We stand in faith we stand in truth. We stand in the love of Christ. We stand in his goodness. And I think it's really important to understand this morning as we close that healing is not a fix. God's healing isn't just about fixing something. God's healing is a gift birthed out of a relationship with God. And whether we encounter struggles and pain and suffering or miracles and signs and wonders, whatever day we are in, whatever we are facing, we're doing it walking daily with Jesus, looking at those circumstances and confessing in faith, 
his word. It's all part of a daily journey of walking with Jesus according to do his will. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says that the Lord does not want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's God's heart. God's heart is salvation for all. And not everyone will choose him. Not everyone will believe. A lot of people have exchanged the truth for a lie. But for those of us who have chosen to believe, ours is the hope in Christ eternal with what he has done. We know that death will be swallowed up by eternal life and that this is our ultimate divine healing. And every single one of us can live in that hope. Lord, just to bow our heads as we, we close this morning. Lord, we thank you for the reality of you. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And in this place today, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is here and you are speaking to us, Lord. Lord, that your word brings life. Your word brings truth, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord, that you have a plan and a purpose and a destiny for each person sitting in this place today. We acknowledge our need for you, Jesus. We know that we've sinned, Lord God, and that nothing can bridge the gap between us and you other than Jesus. Lord, we thank you, you're our Saviour, that you bore the punishment for our sin and our shame. Lord God, you were whipped that we would be whole, Lord. You died that we might live, live for all eternity with you, Lord. If you've never made a commitment to Christ this morning, if you've never confessed Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, I'd love you to raise your hand in, in this place this morning if you would like to make that decision this morning to say, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died the to pay the price for my sin. If that's you this morning, I'd love you to raise your hand in this place this morning. We'd love to pray for you today. We're going to all pray a prayer together right now. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge I've sinned against you. I thank you for giving me of my sin. I believe that God raised you from the dead, Jesus. And confess today that you are Lord of my life. I thank you for your Holy Spirit who now lives in me. I ask you to move through me. And I thank you, Jesus, that I commit to follow you as your disciple for the rest of my life. You can look up this morning. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, we'd love to speak with you after the service. Come talk with one of our pastoral care team. You can talk with myself or we'll have another couple members of the team who are up the back this morning love to be able to connect with you we're going to have one last song before we close but at the end of that song i'd love to encourage you if you would like prayer for healing this morning if you would like prayer to be able to move in the gifts of the spirit if you would like baptism of the holy spirit this morning then we'd love to ask you to come and pray as the service come and we'll pray with you at the end of the service amen <laughs>